Hey guys, welcome to Peace of Authenticity with the Andersons. We're live every Monday morning and we want to be current and authentic and genuine in every topic that we bring for you guys. Nothing is more refreshing than when people are open and honest with their walk with God. And that's just what we want to do. We want to have conversations with you weekly that ignite you and challenge you to be the best that you can be. A lot of times we think that we have to have it all put together and we put on masks to get through our week. But here, we want to be able to just talk it out. Exactly how it comes out is exactly how it's going to be. So join in on the conversation. Here we go. One, two, three. Hey, everybody. <laughs> hey, everyone. Uh, yeah, every time we start, we always count to three. Yeah, For some reason, that just like, makes me giggle. I don't know why. It's funny to me. We're getting ready to... Uh, to hit the go button and then it's just like one two three and then we're both cheesing like we're like back in the day at (laughs) sears in the back room where you take family photos Uh, with the bad backdrops yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so what's up everybody i hope that you guys are having a great week so far it's monday morning i mean if it's already going bad for you on a monday morning then yeah it's it's uh (laughs) there's pretty much no hope for you um and you might want to rethink your your weekly strategy but (laughs) Um, so we, um, we value being authentic. Obviously, if you've been following us any, any amount of time, that's the reason why we named the podcast piece of authenticity. And so today we just want to talk about what does it mean to be a Christian? Because I think that we've all in our different denominations and our, in our different ways of walking through life, I think that we, we've all missed the big picture of what it truly means to be a Christian. Yeah, we've all gone through those times where um, we have like missed it, it's just like whoop right over the head. And um, the the point of it that we were talking about earlier is a really good point that Aubrey was saying, and it's about not thinking that just because we're not um, of the world doesn't mean that we're better than the world or higher up than the world. Or you mm. know, you saw that with like. Um, the Pharisees and Sadducees, like they thought they were God's gift to every single person. Um, and even if you look at the history of the church, even with the Catholics that would, that changed the Bible to Latin. So only they could read it, you know, Mm. and then like the peasants couldn't. Yeah. And it's just the truth of the gospel is not meant to be used as a control mechanism, a, a manipulation. You know what I mean? Because I think that us as humans, like in our flesh, we get power hungry. Mm. Um, and sometimes it, that looks different for each person, you know, but like right now there was this post, you can, <laughs> uh, you can ask Aubrey, um, this, this morning from Patricia King, she's a prophet or prophetess, I guess. And she actually posted an excerpt from her journal, her prayer journal, where she um, gets words from the Lord and writes it down. And she said usually those are really sacred um, writings for her. And so she usually won't post those on social media. But she did today, and my friend tagged me in it because she knows me oh so well. And it just rocked my world in the best way but also in one of the most painful ways possible because she actually worded something that I didn't realize I was doing and she worded it to a T and I just heard the Holy Spirit say this is what is going on with you Hmm. and of course whenever you think I'll read it in a second so I don't think like (laughs) what what is she talking about 
um, the, the Holy Spirit will bring conviction, right? And so the first thing the enemy tries to do whenever the conviction hits is to um, cover it in shame. So we don't do anything about it, but we hide away and we try to pull away from God. That's what happens sometimes whenever conviction is brought upon us because there's a very, very big difference between conviction and shame. Conviction it brings you to repentance, which brings you to transformation and change. Which brings you to Jesus. Exactly. And so whenever that hit me this morning, I, I, I Aubrey was about to go to the gym and I had to read it to him because uh, sometimes I think it's really healthy to as a Christian, have somebody that you can be like, hey, so I'm dealing with this today, so that's fun. Can you like pray for me or like just hear me out? Because we need that accountability in our life, you know? Mm-hmm. And also, um, nobody's made it. Absolutely nobody's made it. It's a, it's a journey, and you don't get to the finish line until you are in heaven, at the gates of heaven, you know? And so if, if there's anybody in your life that acts like they've made it, they're just covering up insecurities with, probably pride <laughs> and I'm only saying Ouch. that because I realized that was me this morning okay I'm not trying to tell anybody off because I know better no <laughs> I know from experienced people okay and so I'm gonna read that really quick what Patricia King wrote okay um, it says God has placed a holy assignment on his altar for those who are willing to yield to him fully and of course reading that I was like heck yeah I'm willing let's go yeah let's let me read a little further and to those who will live at his altar. No flesh can touch this. I long to be fully relinquished. Uh, I long to be a fully relinquished vessel before him and embrace the cross in greater ways than I've experienced previously. And then it says, oh, to know him, oh, to yield more deeply, more fully. And all of that is great. I'm like, yes. Oh, my goodness. I want more of you, Jesus. I want to, you know. And then here's the, here's the punch. Pride can be subtle and can be clothed outwardly in what appears like humility, but it's in fact self-protection looking for gratification. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah, a couple of days ago, the Lord already told me that I was dealing with pride. And I'm just being honest with you guys because there ain't nobody perfect. And um, so I knew I was dealing with pride because I actually got mad at Aubrey about something that was really not a big deal. And I was like, Lord, why is this bothering me so much? So instead of like attacking Aubrey or, you know, giving him the old silent treatment, which that one's a doozy, huh? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's really effective. <laughs> it's really bad manipulation is what it is. Yeah. Um, and I, I asked the Lord because I was like, I need to come to him because this is really bothering me. And it was really dumb. What made me so angry? So, Lord, where is this offense coming from? And I just heard him say it's pride. And I hate that stupid word. <laughs> I hate that word. And I want to be humble. And I've had people tell me I'm humble. And... <sighs> Mm-mm. It's it wasn't, you know, it wasn't. Ugh. Yeah, it's real people. <laughs> and just I'm going to read it again. Pride can be subtle and be and can be clothed outwardly in what appears like humility, but is in fact self-protection looking for gratification. And mm. so what you do with that is you take it and you allow the conviction of the Holy Spirit and I don't want you to, I don't know, you looking at me makes me want to get emotional about it again. And it's repenting, right? And then it's changing. And so that's what I did. Look, yeah, yeah, in my journal I wrote in all caps, I'm done with that. I'm done with that. I want Jesus more. Yeah. 
And so I'll let you talk a little bit because there's something else, but I'm let it <laughs> yeah. sit. But see, that that's what that's what the beautiful part of you know we're talking about. What it what does it mean? What does it mean to be a Christian? I think you know a lot of people a lot of people search scripture all the time for for what it is that they're looking for, and a lot of the times. We, we get desperate for something. We, we get desperate in the area of finances. We get, we get desperate in the area of faith or, or we, we need God to move on something on our behalf. And so we dive in and we start reading and we're searching for something. But I believe, I'm a firm believer 100% in what does it mean to be a Christian? It means that I search scripture for what needs to come out of me and not what God can do for me. Yeah. I I sit there and I I wonder sometimes how people can read scripture and and just and like just be like so overwhelmed and like even look down on other people and be like, "Yeah, you know, Lord, I'm I'm good at this. I'm good at that and, you know, I'm really gifted in this area and do this." I don't know about you guys that are watching this podcast, but when I read scripture, the Holy Spirit brings conviction on me that is like, man, Aubrey, you, you know, you really fell short in this area. You really fell short in that area, you know, but it's okay because we, we repent and we move forward to do things different the next time than we did that time. And so I, I always wonder, um, actually, I wonder what it's like to be able to read scripture and to think that you're good at everything because there's a lot of people that that I've had run-ins with that walk around like they have it all figured out and I'm like man that must be really nice to have it all figured out yeah and sometimes people will actually read scripture and think about oh man so and so needs to read this because man yeah, yeah I know they're <laughs> dealing with that they got issues um and it's just man like it's like the the word of god is a mirror yeah it's meant to be looking back at you right so then you can put it up against you and be like wow i don't look like this yet yeah but this is a journey right that's because when you were talking i i just heard the the voice of god carries conviction but that Mm -hmm. conviction is filled with compassion right right And, and that's why like if you start if you start feeling shame rebuke it because shame paralyzes shame you know yeah. gives you that fight or flight mentality that we're not meant to function in you know yeah well it's it's important i think for all of us to to realize the balance there of of shame and conviction i think that it's important that you know the apostle paul literally talks about i'm the chief among sinners he had a he had a very clear reflection of who he was because as Jesus came in he came in and started doing work and then Paul spent the rest of his life getting out everything that didn't need to be there and so then when he's able to write the guy who wrote a bunch of the New Testament everything that we follow today that is modern Christianity a lot of that was written by Paul but yet we follow his writings, which were inspired by the Holy Spirit, right? In, in Timothy, it says all all, all scripture inspired, is yeah. inspired by God. It's, it's some versions say it's God breathed. Mm-hmm. It's it, you know God manifested it, and and this is Paul, and we're we're talking about Paul here, and he's still at the place of such humility to where he's he's talking about this is what we have to do as the body of Christ. But hey, listen, 
I'm not perfect at this. I'm the chief among sinners. But it's almost as though sometimes in the church and and in Christianity, we feel the need to look like we have it all together and we look at all the other chiefs among sinners and we're just like, man, y'all got to get it figured out. When mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but in my in my opinion, if Paul was the chief among sinners, then <laughs> I must I must be the high chief among sinners. You know what I mean? And and not to say that he's better or anything like that, but it's just understanding what for me, what does it mean to be Christian? It means that I'm on such a constant pursuit of Jesus Christ mm-hmm. that every day I should be searching my heart to figure out what it is that needs to come out, what has no place to be there, and what every day in the mirror can make me look like more of a reflection of Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, we talk about Matthew chapter 5, the, the Beatitudes, you know, as Billy Graham called them, the beautiful attitudes. And a lot of, a lot of people, uh, and I've heard some theologians say that Jesus gave us that list of the Beatitudes as a way to prove, you know, well, we can never live up to that. That's why we need Jesus. When I'm a firm believer that Jesus told us that and gave us those beautiful attitudes, if you will, because he says, this is what my reflection looks like, and I want you to reflect me. And in, in the world that we're in today, there's so many fights. We get into fights about politics. We get into fights about religion all the time. And we get into fights like we're, we're constantly battling each other. But I would just simply say that we have to stop and ask ourselves the question, is this what I'm walking out today? Is this what it's like to be a Christian? Yeah, and just that brought to my mind the scripture that says, don't look to the right or to the left. Mm-hmm. And everything in us, our human nature, right, is all about looking to the right or to looking to the left. Because if I want to feel better about myself, I'm going to drive down where the homeless people are because, man, okay, at least I have a house. Thank you, Lord. But are we supposed to be doing that to make ourselves feel better? Or are we supposed to look to Jesus so he can point to a homeless person that needs a meal or he can point to someone at the grocery store that's in pain and not just somebody that's in wearing PJs at Walmart. Dang. Okay. Well, that makes me feel better about myself because I got out of my PJs today. Yeah. And it's just, it's switching our mindset to not looking to the right or to the left in our own mind, our own human instincts, our own everything that keeps us between us, you know, us and Jesus, but looking to Jesus who will point out things to us, looking through his eyes and seeing, Hmm. you know what I mean? And his, his lenses of how he sees things and how he sees people. And that should honestly be our prayer every morning. And I'm going to start doing that. This is the Holy Spirit talking right now (laughs) because I don't pray that every morning. But just praying like, Lord, give me your eyes to see. I Like, what do you, what is your will today? Not, Lord, what do you want for me today? Me, me, me. Oh my goodness, this feels so nice. Holy Spirit, you feel so nice and warm. It's not, it's so much more than that. It's like, I, I kept getting the word like lovesick earlier, like being just lovesick for Jesus. If you're lovesick for Jesus and you're just so desperate for him, you're not like bashing somebody. You're not fixated on an idol in your life that could be you know even a celebrity pastor like a good thing 
well, yeah, a good, I'll just say that, a good thing. I don't know if any, so I don't know if any pastors should be celebrities, but that's for another day. But anything that can be good could still be an idol. Like, you know, we read about the Israelites with the golden calf and they made their own little golden whatnots and worship that. And yeah, we don't have golden calves, most of us in our homes, but we have other things. Um, we have, um, like, you know, a pastor, we only listen to them. We don't read the scriptures. We listen to their message because, oh man, they are just the, the deal, you know, but they're only human, you know? So if this person that you look up to all the time falls off of their pedestal in your life, are you going to lose faith? Like, Mm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I can tell you there's one that's never going to fall off his pedestal, and that's Jesus. So if anybody's going to idolize someone that has lived on this earth, the only one that you can is Jesus right here. Mm. That's the only one. And so I just kept hearing, like, if we're desperate for him, and, you know, that's one thing, like, you know, we make mistakes, and, you know, we get that conviction, but the Lord knows our heart, right? He says he knows the heart. The Lord doesn't look on the outward appearance. He looks in the heart. And um, if we're desperate for him, if we're lovesick for him and we're still not perfect because we're never going to be perfect. So I'll bust your bubble there. <laughs> There's just no, I'm working towards perfection. Well, okay, when we get to heaven, we will, I guess. But we're not perfect until we go to heaven. And just being desperate for him and having that relationship with him to where we want him. And if we focus on Jesus, then all these things that get in our way, maybe addictions that you might have or um, gossip or, or even cussing too much, you know, like it, and you try to get rid of these things and it's like a roller coaster because it's like this horrible cycle of you've given it up for a month or two and then it comes back. Well, the, the enemy works in cycles and actually the kingdom of God works in cycles. The enemy, if you want to know how the enemy works, just go ahead and see how God works. And then a really generic dookie version of it is how the enemy works hmm. and the opposite yeah. <laughs> of everything. So, um, heaven works in cycles, which are amazing, like seasons that you hear about, but the enemy also works in cycles too. So if you've, you know, gotten free, I'll put the air quotes up because if you've gotten free from addictions, but then all of a sudden it comes back in seven or eight weeks, well, that's how the enemy works, right? And so you think you're stuck in this circle again and again. And if we're not desperate for Jesus and we don't want Jesus more than we want these things, then we're going to be stuck in the cycle of hell, honestly, you know? Yeah. What anything can be made into an idol, you know, anything that takes your focus off of Jesus and keeps it well, even yourself. good things, like, it makes me look at, you know, some of the things we have from the Holy Land, like in the back, you can kind of see by Aubrey's head. That's, that is um, soil from the Garden of Gethsemane. Mm-hmm. So if Aubrey sets the Garden of Gethsemane, that, I can't even talk, the Garden of Gethsemane <laughs> soil up, and he worships it, it's a beautiful thing to have, right? And it's a good thing. But if he worships the soil that Jesus walked on, it defeats the purpose. Yeah. Yeah, I... I heard this. I heard this uh, video this morning that really opened my eyes to what it means to be a Christian, and, and it kind of actually sparked what we're talking about today. Is the guy said, "When you ask Jesus into your heart to become the Lord of your life, there's only one way to the Father, and that's through Jesus. There's only one way to heaven, and that's through Jesus. The Bible's clear about that. We want to make that evidently clear. There's none of this." Well, there's multiple ways, and God's the ultimate judge. No, the, the Bible's clear. There's only one way to the Father, and that's through Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. And so this guy is is preaching, and he says, 
he says, you know, when you when you ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life, you're becoming engaged to Jesus Christ himself. The Bible, the ecclesia, right? The church, us, you and me are are the bride of Christ. Ephesians 5 talks about that. And it talks about how we are the bride of Christ. Well, the marriage supper of the, supper of the lamb doesn't happen until, you know, we're in heaven. Mm-hmm. So, right now, consider yourself engaged to to Jesus Christ. And what happens when it, when you're engaged? You you don't just keep I mean, well, okay, some people out there might, but most people don't continue to look for members of the opposite sex, right? When they're engaged, mm-hmm. yeah. they're not still playing the field. They're not doing anything. They're they're looking to position themselves to be ready to be married well, or to their spouse. Like the word engaged, doesn't that mean like fixated on? Like you're engaged, like you're engaged in it. Yeah, it's it's active. You're you're preparing. You're preparing for marriage. You're preparing. So so what does that tell us? It means that you're setting yourself apart. Now, what Christians do most of the time today, we we think that okay, well, yeah, we're set apart, which means you know we don't do all the worldly things that everybody else in the world's doing. We go to church, we do all this, but but really though, those are just like actions that you do. Setting yourself apart, you're preparing yourself to be married to Jesus. Now, if if you are in an engagement and you weren't showing your future spouse any time of day. You are going and doing all your own stuff and not giving, you know, two cares whatsoever about who you are soon to marry is doing, how they are, like wanting to get to know them better or do anything like that. Yeah. What good are you doing? And for most of us, that's how we live our life. Yeah. We're like, Jesus, we want you to come into our heart. We want to be engaged to you, basically. And then what we do is, but hey, we just want you around when we need you. Mm-hmm. We're we're not we're not setting ourselves apart. We are not, you know, we're not setting ourselves aside for you and preparing to be your bride like we're supposed to. We just we just want you to come and go uh, in the midst of our need, but we want you to bless everything that we're doing. Yeah. But we're not going to change anything about who we are to be ready for getting married. I'm sorry, but with us being married for seven years which is not even a huge amount of time compared to some people. And some of you might even be watching this, been married longer than we have. But one thing that I know is the same Aubrey that married Jordan in 2013 or 2014, sorry, in 2014, if I was still that guy and I didn't change into, you know, becoming a husband and and transitioning into that, this would never work. A marriage will never work if you're not intentionally doing stuff, you know, yeah. for your spouse to to, you know, to show them, "Hey, I care enough. I set myself apart, you know, I set myself apart for you to do this for you." But a lot of us <laughs> this is going to be a very bold statement, but I'm going to say it anyway. Okay. A lot of us treat Jesus like a concubine instead of a wife. Mhm. We we are the bride of Christ, right? But then we only want Jesus in our life when it's helpful for us. We want Jesus in our life. We want him to show up in our church services on Sunday morning or in our, our connect groups throughout the week or do whatever. But for the rest of, of our week, for the, in our family's life, in our job and everything like that, we're just like, oh, no, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do that. 
you know, Romans one sixteen, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel. You know, like, you know, talking about like a lot of us live our life as like, well, I'm not going to tell anybody I'm a Christian because then it's just going to make everything weird. And I'll tell you firsthand when, when I used to meet people at the gym and try to talk to them. And when, when we were working at the, at the church, I would, I would be, I wouldn't want to share with them the fact that I was a pastor because every time I did that, things got weird. Like they're like, Oh, you know, you're, you're one of those guys. But I mean, it, it, it's not about, you know, talking about your position right there. It's about, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. So if I'm working an everyday job, I'm going to make sure that when people meet me and people know me, they're going to say, man, Aubrey is, he's set apart. Yeah. There's something, there's something different about this guy. Like in, in the only thing that you can say at that moment is, boy, you know, I'm a follower of Jesus and I'm not ashamed of that. I'm setting myself apart because this life is short. We're, we're engaged to Christ for a short time. Some of us are fortunate enough to live on this earth a long time. Others of us, there's no guarantee of tomorrow. And so while I'm here on this earth, I'm setting myself apart so that when people look at our lives as Christians, they can look and be like, man, I want to be... I want to be set apart too. Like I, I want you know. I want to be different. Like they are. I want to be the bride of Christ. You know, like it's supposed to be. Uh, like like Ephesians five says, husbands treat your wives this certain way. Wives, you know, do unto your husbands. It's so that you can be set apart, and all of that is a reflection of what the ecclesia, the church, us followers of Jesus are supposed to reflect in our relationship with Christ. Everything that you do, your job, first of all, your marriage, your job, everything like that should be a reflection of Christ within you. And if it's not, then you need to rethink your engagement Mm. and put more effort into that engagement. Mm. Because usually like when you think about it, the engagement is like even the honeymoon stage, you know? Yeah. But it's it could also be a time whenever um, someone gets like lazier in their relationship too, you know what I mean? Like, oh, I got them. Here we go. Okay, now I can get fat, you know, or whatever. And it kind of makes me think like we kind of have that. Um, sometimes Christians get that mindset that like the main step is salvation. Now I'm not going to hell. That's really cool. Um, I'll try to go to church as much as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't go further. It's like you stay a baby Christian and um, instead of moving from like babies do from milk to um, processed, you know, like blended foods that are easier to eat to eventually like meat, you know, there's that. But so many people are stuck in the milk stage to where um, they don't give the time and they don't give, you know what I mean? Those sort of things um, that the Lord needs. And, it's like, man, he's just, it, it, it makes me sad because it makes me think about all the things that they're missing out on. It's not like angry at them, you know, because I'm sure the Lord is really upset, you know, that the relationship has gone nowhere in 20 years or however long this person's been a Christian, whoever it is. But it's like, it's more like uh, sad for them that they're missing out on this life that, you know, in the presence of the Holy Spirit, where you can let the Lord guide your steps and do some of these amazing things that only God can do through you. You know, it's like in the Bible, the parting of the Red Sea, the, um, uh, even whenever Elijah and Elisha actually both brought a little child 
from the dead. I mean, these things happen and the Lord moves in such a, such a way. But what if Elijah decided, well, you know, I know I'm going to heaven now. So a little boy would be dead. Well, okay, he is now because this was back in ancient Israel. But I'm talking about like then a little boy would be dead. And even watching last night, we watched The Case for Christ. It was a woman that listened to the Lord. She was going to go eat at a certain restaurant. And the Lord said, no, I need you to go to this restaurant. Where, Well, their little girl was mm-hmm. choking and she's a nurse and she would have died if that woman didn't hear the voice of God. And I'm not saying like you could have murdered somebody because you didn't hear God. But I'm saying think about the things that you could be missing out on. And honestly, lives could be at stake spiritual lot like people that could be going to heaven and the lord wanted you to somehow witness to them they're not now you know like it could be that dire and i i believe that the lord has called us specifically to do certain things and it's not just this special will for our lives that the lord it's his giant will that we're all working towards you know that he has different a few different steps for me than for aubrey but it all is exactly what exactly what he intended and it's just the fact that Man, you don't want to miss out on that, you know? Yeah. It's like, man, yeah. Yeah, and so I, I think that's why it's important. We've talked about on the podcast before, God has marching orders for us every day. I, I think that everywhere we go, everything that we do is an opportunity for us to reflect the bride of Christ and, and to reflect the person of Christ which goes back to Matthew chapter 5 in, in the Beatitudes. I, I believe that not that we can walk in perfection in the beautiful attitudes. I, I don't think that we can. I mean, th- there is part truth to what, was, what I said earlier about some people think, well, we can never live up to that. That's why we need Jesus. It's true. We, we need Jesus. But just because you can't walk out something perfectly shouldn't mean that you shouldn't attempt to, to walk in that righteousness to where it's like, you know, I'm, I'm going to fall short a lot of times in reflecting Matthew chapter 5, but it's not going to keep me from trying because every day that I keep trying to do that, I'm going to be better than I was the day before. Mm-hmm. And as long as I continue to keep the beautiful attitudes on the forefront of my mind, every situation, every argument, every confrontation moment that I get into is an opportunity for Christ to be reflected in me because everything that you say and everything that you do is a reflection. You're either reflecting Christ or you're not. And what's the opposite of reflecting Christ? You're reflecting the enemy. And so we have to be very careful. And and so what does it mean to be a Christian? It means that I am on a constant pursuit of looking more like Jesus every day. Mm-hmm. I'm on a constant pursuit of the beautiful attitudes in Matthew chapter 5 being said about me. We're all far we're all far from there. We are. But it's the constant pursuit. When when you want a relationship with somebody, you pursue them. When you want a a marriage with somebody, you're you're agreeing into going into a life and building a life with someone. And a lot of times we build our lives and then we keep God at a distance. 
And then, you know, when, when poop hits the fan, inevitably we're like, oh no, Lord, we want you to come and be in our marriage. We want you to come be in our finances. We want you to come and do all this stuff. But then as soon as things get right again, we push them right back out. Or as soon as we start getting uncomfortable, we're like, okay, no, I got this. You know, let me just do things my way. Relationships don't work that way. And mm-hmm. it's, it's a constant pursuit. And a lot of the reasons why marriages fail is because couples stop being in a pursuit of each other. They just get stuck in their own world and they're like, well, I'm going to do me, you do you, and we'll be fine. Mm-hmm. But the bride of Christ, we are on a constant pursuit of the presence of the Lord and even positioning yourself to say, Lord, I refuse to settle for anything less than what you have planned for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm setting the bar high. Mm-hmm. And everything that I do is a reflection of that positioning of my heart. Mm. And that's it. Mm. That's it. And that's it. And it's, it's, it's tough. It's, it's tough to do that. We have to realize that if you can find, you know, please send us a message through the, through the social media or an email or anything like that. If you can show me anywhere in Scripture where it says that, that life with Christ is supposed to be easy and there's never anything that I have to change, um, I can just be me and I can do what I want and um, God loves me and he, you know, he wants me with, you know, and I could still keep sinning and do whatever I want. It's not there. J- Jesus comes, you come and accept Jesus. You repent of your sins. You turn from the woman at the well. He says, listen, I know the sin that you're involved with, but he said, go and sin no more. Now, I doubt she was perfection on two yeah. legs for the yeah. rest of her life. But what he was saying is like, don't go back into that same sin that I just redeemed you from. Mm-hmm. It's it's a constant pursuit. It's a constant drawing near to the presence of God. And if we don't have that, then I would venture to say that we are not engaged to Christ like we think we are in our minds. Mm-hmm. Well, People talk about how love is a decision, right? So we have to wake up every morning with the decision. Are we going to love and serve the Lord? Because it says in his word, if you don't obey me, then you don't really love me. Yeah. Well, you know, a lot of people I think would argue, no, I love him. It's just hard to obey him because, but the Bible is very famous at putting things very clear. Yeah. If you don't obey my commandments, you don't truly love me. (laughs) So it's a, it's a daily decision, you know? Yeah. So there we are. We hope that this Monday morning has been great for you or whatever day that you're listening to this podcast. It is what it is. But I just think that everybody needs to, on a daily basis, really ask yourself the question, challenge yourself with the question, what does it mean to be a Christian? And if, if you're looking at that and you're researching that in Scripture, ask the Lord to remove the things from you mm-hmm. that that are not a reflection of Christ and not a reflection of the ecclesia the the bride of Christ and you know maybe maybe you realize that you haven't been taking this engagement as serious as he has mm-hmm. um that's where repentance comes in and some of us like me have to repent every day <laughs> but it's good it's good so we hope that you guys have a great week it's it's a little bit longer of a video this week but thank you for rocking with us 
Uh, I, I hope that you are blessed yeah. by it. I hope that it causes reflection, and because I know it does for us. And you know, if if you're challenged by it, then welcome to the party because I'm challenged <laughs> as well. So we hope you guys have a great week, and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye, guys. Love you. Bye, 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 bye.